you know, I, I think of it a little bit like uh, the, the tide. And, and so a 1% uh, prevalence implies that the water level's already high. And so if the tide starts coming in, um, whether it's coming in fast or slow, we, we are uh, sort of already near a threshold where, um, you know, things are, are, are going to be, uh, that we're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Okay, so that tide is coming in. Dr. Elvin Gang of Washington University's Medical School recently led a study of St. Louis County's coronavirus infections to date, and what he found could stop you in your tracks. I'm Sarah Fenske. This is St. Louis on the Air. We've been hearing for a few weeks now how full our emergency rooms have become. But a comprehensive new study of St. Louis County residents shows just how much worse things could get. And joining us today to talk about it is Dr. Elvin Gang. He's a professor in the Division of Infectious Diseases at Washington University School of Medicine. Dr. Gang, welcome. So glad to be here. So there was a lot in this study to digest, but perhaps the most eye-catching thing for me was just how many St. Louis County residents haven't had COVID-19 yet. Only about 5% of the population has antibodies. What does that tell us about our future prospects with this disease? Yeah, that's a great question. And I think one of the real take-home messages of this survey, um, you know, I think that the, the, the fact remains that even though the region did take um, uh, a pretty severe hit in, in March and April, uh, we still have uh, a community and a population that's very susceptible uh, to, to COVID and to the epidemic. Uh, the, in, in any epidemic, the rate of spread is related to the number of people that are susceptible. And so a high number of susceptible people means that the the chances for rapid spread uh, do exist. Mm -hmm. Um, And in addition, of course, the sort of burden of disease at any one time um, for hospitalizations uh, will depend on the number of susceptible people as well. And and the fact that um, the vast majority of people in the region are susceptible also means that we could um, cross that threshold uh, above the capacity of the health system um, pretty pretty easily. Hmm. So when you're talking about susceptible people in St. Louis County, that could be 95% of the population right now? Um, that That's that's right. Um, we do, in, in general, we have interpreted the presence of antibodies to confer uh, immunity. And um, we there is some emerging data that uh, some folks will, will lose their antibody over mm-hmm. time. Um, but we don't know exactly what that number is. Uh, but but certainly, you know, it's not the, the majority of people over the time spans that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. And so even if uh, 5% is um, a little bit low, it's not, uh, the, the truth isn't going to be that far away from it. And the take-home message remains the same, which is that I think um, that it, it remains the case that the vast majority of folks in the, in the region, um, as of the time that this study was conducted um, between sort of mid-August and, and mid-October uh, were susceptible to, to getting COVID. 
Okay. Now, there's been a lot of talk in, in national circles, even international circles. Hey, maybe we should just let this virus run its course. We can't stop it. Um, say that we went that route here. What would that look like if, if with all the people we know that are susceptible at this point? Um, what if we just went for broke, took all the, the brakes off and started accelerating down that hill? Yeah, I think that would be a really bad idea for um, a, at least a few reasons. So, 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 firstly, you know, people invoke uh, the idea of sort of herd immunity, um, and uh, perhaps suggesting that you know, if we reach herd immunity, all of our problems would be solved. Mm-hmm. Um, but in 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 truth, her, herd immunity so, sort of simply means that the epidemic has run its course through through a population, mm-hmm. and and the people who um, uh, would suffer and die from from that uh, epidemic, you know, w- w- would do so. So it's it's sort of like capitulating to the epidemic in a sense. Mm-hmm. Um, that's especially true when you achieve herd immunity through real infections rather than through vaccination, right? Um, um, so uh, I think that that is um, probably uh, n- not a great uh, public health um, solution. Um, There'd be a whole lot of people here who would still have to get it before we'd even be close to that based on what you found uh, with these antibodies. That's right. And and if you let things sort of just unfold the way that epidemics unfold, um, they unfold exponentially and... Uh, and the numbers of people that we would be talking about who would require hospitalization would would far outstrip uh, the the capacity of the health system, hmm. um, and and that of course would be a disaster. Now I want to address one other thing. I've heard a lot of talk in the last couple of weeks. People are saying, "Oh, this is a very scary time. One in a hundred people probably have COVID nineteen right now." Reading your study, that is not what it finds. It finds that one in a hundred people had it um, mid August through mid. October. Case counts are a lot higher right now. Do you have any sense or any estimate of, could we say, five in 100 people who are wandering around out there uh, spreading their, their germs wherever they go, they might have it. That, that number is not one in 100 anymore. Yeah, that's right. The, um, I think uh, two points about that. You know, one of the things that the um, study helped reveal, because we got a sense of how many people really uh, have uh, COVID infection, um, and and we're able to compare that with the number of people that are diagnosed. Mm-hmm. Um, we we learned that between August and October that we that the that the health system was probably diagnosing sort of no more than uh, a third or a quarter of of true infections. And so, if we were to apply that number to the present, right where we're having sort of five, six, um, seven hundred new cases, known cases a day, uh, then then even a conservative estimate would suggest that the true number of new cases is, is sort of three to four fold that. Um, wow. And with a little back of the envelope math, you know, uh, it, it, it would imply that the number of folks uh, walking around who are currently infected with COVID could be quite a bit higher than that 1% that you mentioned in the, you know, I, I think three, 4% is, is, is a conservative uh, estimate. Hmm. Well, that's something people should keep in mind as they make their plans for these upcoming holidays. Um, we also heard from one of our listeners. He, he wrote in with a question over email. He's he's very intrigued by your study, and he wants to know how were participants selected? I assume they were random asymptomatic with no history of COVID-19. Is, is that the base that you started from? Yeah. So we tried to make uh, the, the study as representative as possible. And um, to do so, we uh, got... N- 
phone numbers, uh, both cell phone numbers and um, landlines uh, from vendors who, who, who sell uh, phone numbers. And we tried to call um, a random sample of, of folks in the, in the community to try to get a random uh, representative sample. Um, it, you know, during the course of the study, we did have to sort of p- uh, pivot and try to enrich our sample for true phone numbers mm-hmm. uh, that had, you know, human beings on the other end of them because many of those phone numbers don't. Um, but but it was an attempt to get a, a representative sample of, of this of St. Louis County. And then once you got these people enlisted, then the goal was to to test their bodies, find out if they had these antibodies is what you were up to. Yeah, so we we offered uh, we asked uh, some questions in a survey, and then we offered uh, both PCR uh, and antibody testing. Um, and folks, we we offered sort of support to get there in case people had trouble uh, with transportation um, to try to get uh, as good of a response rate as we could get. Okay, so do you feel like you learned what you set out to find in this? You wanted to see, I guess, how far this disease had spread within the county. Yeah, I mean, I think this is a piece of data that we can use to triangulate with other information um, in, in our environment. Um, and I think it, it, it's helpful because it gives us a little bit of firm footing to understand kind of where we were at uh, at the end of the sort of summer beginning of fall. Um, and it's helpful for, I think, uh, placing what's happening now in the context of, 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 the, of the epidemic and the epidemic course. So, um, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, uh, you know, a 1% uh, sort of prevalence around the beginning of October through September kind of implies in some ways, um, you know, I, I think of it a little bit like uh, the, the tide. And, and so a 1% uh, prevalence implies that the, the water level is already high. And so if the tide starts coming in, um, whether it's coming in fast or slow, we, we are uh, sort of already near a threshold where, um, you know, things are, are, are going to be. Uh, that we're going to be in a little bit of trouble. Okay, so that tide is coming in. Um, what is one thought you'd want to leave our listeners with um, based on what you've learned in this research and, and what you're seeing as a medical professional? Yeah, thanks for that question. I mean, I think what I would like to say is that every little bit counts, right? Um, so we, uh, um, the way that epidemics spread, I mean, I think we all know um, things that we can do um, wear masks, uh, socially social distancing, and, and things that we have immediate uh, uh, the immediate ability to do. And I think that every little bit that people do, um, even if it seems like a little bit, um, helps because mm-hmm. it all adds up. And um, the way it all adds up uh, will determine the course of the epidemic. So we can all do our part. There's a, <laughs> there's a good exhortation right there. Well, Dr. Alvin Gang, I want to thank you so much for joining us today. Of course. Thank you so much. And Dr. Gang is with the Division of Infectious Diseases at Washington University School of Medicine uh, that just did this big study through St. Louis County. This is St. Louis on the Air on St. Louis Public Radio, 90.7 KWMU. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at ChooseWood.com.